0: Greetings and welcome to the Thirsty Mage, the RPG podcast officially kicking off the 2024 Game of the Year discussion shortly after finishing Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth. I am your host, the man of a thousand job classes, David Lloyd. In this episode, we plan to cram as much love as we can into an hour for the absolutely wonderful Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth. There will be uh, spoilers, so this is your, your first and final warning. Uh, this is a spoiler cast. The t- The... The two people tonight that will be talking about the game have uh, both just recently completed it and we're just itching itching to get back into it. So sit back and relax uh, while myself and the Dragon of British Columbia, Jordan Rudick, gush over this Studio RGG masterpiece.
1: Yeah, masterpiece is probably the best way to think of this. I think it's it's probably the best game, the biggest game certainly that they've they've put out Studio RGG. And I mean if they weren't on the map for more people before this, they have to be now. Like this is, it's a stellar effort. It's clearly like uh, showing off all the lessons that they've learned over years and years of creating the the Yakuza games, and now and a couple of spinoffs. And I think they've really landed on what uh, what I hope will be the formula going forward. This is it was just a winning experience from from minute one to, uh I I don't know what your final time was. Mine was like 40, 42 or 45 hours, somewhere around there. I don't know where, where you settled on, David. So, it sounds about right. Like, I think somewhere somewhere between 40 and 50, I think. And and the irony is it could have been so much more, right? Like there, there's, yeah. there's so much to do in this game. It is so densely packed with activities. And, you know, I, I was kind of checking my achievements and I, I, I had about half of the gamer score that could be earned. And I know a bunch of that is attached to uh, like new game pluses and stuff like that. But, but still like there's, there are many games that I, I know exist that I I saw and didn't even play yeah. maybe because I'd played them in, in a previous, uh, in the previous like a dragon game or something like that. But that, that that's how crazy this game is. There's so much to do if you don't want to do the, if you want to, you know, uh, a brief or an extended diversion from the main story there are a few games that I've ever played that really offer that, like uh, Infinite Wealth does. Yeah, like there were to- complete aspects of the game I just completely ignored,
0: and then there was like some storylines that I left unresolved. Like there is, yeah, there was just a uh, a ton ton going on. So it, yeah, like you said, you could probably put more hours in, even in the the final part of the game. There's a section where you're like building up your character Mm -hmm. and going through different things. And I got to like, just below the max and then saw what you would need to do. And I'm like, I'm not put like, this would probably be like another five to 10 hours of trying to get these achievements to max out my character. Like this, it's, it's just not in the cards with uh, some big games coming up soon Mm -hmm. that I knew I wouldn't have time for. So and then, and then, like you said, with Studio RGG, like there, it's funny. Like it was basically to me that this game is like, well, we're gonna take on the entire genre. We're gonna, we're gonna show you how to make every single type of RPG there ever could be. Like there's, there's Pokemon s- style games. There's like the the battle system itself is. You know, this aspect of like strategy and turn based and there's uh, job classes, uh, countless like d- as far I didn't even unlock them all by the end. Yeah, there's just yeah. too many to even unlock, let alone master. It was basically is they're, they're just decided that they're going to own the RPG genre and, and basically showed that they can take on any kind of aspect that they want.
1: Now, I know you'll appreciate this, but I I think we all either had or knew someone who had one of those NES cartridges that was like 64 games in one
0: or 101
1: (laughs) 101 games in one, right? We we all knew about those. Infinite Wealth feels like one of those games where it has 8 to 12 other video games built into it. And if you want to spend five 10 maybe 20 hours playing those side those side kind of experiences you can do that right from the the island building which has elements of animal crossing to the Sujimon, which is basically pokemon yeah. The, the the pokemon snap game where you're looking at the the weirdos on the, on the tram like it's so funny how like <laughs> all these little experiences are baked into it and they they don't i mean you get a taste of them and it's like hey if you want to do more there's there there we've got all these levels you know all these achievements attached to those you can do more but i never felt like i other than the Dondocto island where you have to do like a little bit of it I, all of them felt very much like just a, a, here's a trial if you want it go ahead you, you but you're not forced to do much more than just the basics mm-hmm. of it
0: so so you had all those but then you also could go to an arcade and play classic Sega games as as they were back in the day like just just as for achievements or just for fun like that it,
1: that's it, literally the the 64 <laughs> in one right yeah. <laughs> all these Sega you probably have a dozen Sega games like, oh, you want to play burnout it. yeah just go down the arcade it's free go ahead yeah. you know it's yeah. fine yeah. it's in, it's incredibly kind of a generous, but also a celebration of Sega as a company, right? That they've they've never, yeah. or it's, it's been a while since they've been on top, you know, or close to the top. But I, I think they're they're at the very least they're aware of their history, and they I think they kind of recognize like all these fans that they've accumulated over the years, and and maybe maybe new fans too that want to experience what Sega did in its heyday. But yeah, it's it's just a wonderful kind of celebration of everything Sega, everything RPG. And everything video game like this is this is the quintessential kind of celebration of video games as a medium baked into one title. I think like you just get so much of the different types of experiences you could have here, and I think it's just wonderful for that. Mm-hmm.
0: But as as we before we get into like breaking down all the, all these different things, too, I guess we could start with kind of like an overall impressions of uh, the story aspect because like these uh, Yakuza games and like the Judgment games. You know they they they're incredibly detailed and and have tons of uh, gameplay mechanics and that sort of thing. But they're also like these cinematic, huge huge set pieces. Like they're, it's basically like you're watching a movie for mm-hmm. a good good chunk of the game. Like these these could easily you could easily take out all of the cutscenes and probably make a, a full length movie out of them. They're they're that detailed, uh, especially like the earlier games. Like they you could go on for like fifteen twenty minutes of just watching. Uh, uh, kiryu or uh, majima or something you know mm-hmm. going through something but um yeah so in this game the the i imagine because this is spoiler cast uh, you probably have a, a good idea of the, the story already but we'll we'll just quickly summarize for for anyone who uh is, is being sold on on this game so it it takes it follows up the the latest or the first turn based yakuza game i guess the the seven uh, which was the initial uh introduction of kasuga ichiban kasuga so this is he's uh you know an ex ya ex yakuza who took the fall for his boss uh spent decades in in prison and is now in his 40s and uh trying to make his way in the world so uh you know the this leads after the events. So he's now the, uh, in this game starts off as the hero of Yokohama and uh, basically has made his life school uh, to try to help uh, other former Yakuza kind of integrate into, um, back into kind of like a, a, you know, day-to-day life for people like trying trying to help them get out of this Yakuza life and kind of live a a normal life. Uh, So that's, that's how he's working his way in Um, at the same time. Uh, Kazuma Kiryu the the quintessential hero of all all the games that came before it uh is is a central character in this game as well. Um at this point I don't know again there there was a I think you you said that the the uh, the man who erased his name uh, was about 20ish hours or so and basically sets up the the premise of uh Kiryu is basically uh, had to uh, I guess Fake his own death, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, in, in order to to you know, basically have his loved ones kind of like living in peace, sort of thing. He's, he's I mean, joining this it uh, sets
1: you know. up Kiryu being in Hawaii. Like it, it kind of yeah. gives the reason for why he's there, and so you get the you kind of see why Ichiban can run into him uh, early on in the game. Is, is is he's there basically because as a kind of memorial tribute to um like either a wife or a partner or something like that he had a ring for her or something like that and that's how the uh the, the extent that, that expansion that side game ends and so it, that felt very much just in service of setting up infinite wealth and yeah i i, I think that kiryu kind of being here like it it it, it it's setting up that whole kind of dual storyline that that ends up Forming most of the back half of this game, right, is when they kind of split up and form two different teams, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So, uh, so Kasuga ends up in Hawaii because
1: you. It, it's revealed
0: uh, by the former captain Sabushiro that Ichiban was actually the son of of the uh, the the clan leader, I guess, that that he so admired, and uh, that. His mother is is still alive and has been living in kind of exile, I guess, or in hiding in Hawaii for for his entire life, essentially. Because there's this this, I I won't get into the details of this. There's a bit like the long story of, of this this uh, guy getting into a fight with this other yakuza family, and uh, and to hit being put out on Ichiban's mother, and so she she fled to Hawaii in order to kind of escape the yakuza vendetta or whatever to to stay alive so she she's been hiding in hawaii and sawashiro's uh known from the beginning and uh, we kind of come in where he he sends uh Kasuga to hawaii because uh, to to meet the mother and it's uh, i know through one of the revelations is is that I, I don't know if sawashiro quite understood just how in danger akane was when he sent her there, like I'm pretty sure he had an idea that people were looking for, but I don't,
1: I don't think he quite knew the extent of the what was going on. Yeah. I think that, I think that's possible. I think, cause it, I'm not, I'm not sure at what point Sour is aligned with Ebina. Uh, and so, so he would know that like, you know, Ebina is looking for her as well. There are groups in Hawaii looking for Akane, and this is all kind of, mid to later game stuff that you find out later, but when Sarashiro yeah. initially sends Casca over to Hawaii, I don't know where he is in that relationship with Ebina or if that's happened yet. I'm not sure. It could very well be like all kind of part of that plan. I'm not sure. Yeah,
0: but it's all, you know, at the end of the day, it's it's basically what ends up happening is that Kiryu and Casca uh, end up meeting up in, in Hawaii. Uh, they discover this plot between this, uh, religious group in Hawaii and uh, Ebina, the the leader of the last Yakuza clan in Japan and between the Japanese government. And it's a sen- there's this, uh, you know, plan that the Japanese government is going to be sending the nuclear waste to this uh, religion's private island in Hawaii for for this waste to be, um, you know, it's supposed to be a process, but it's basically getting dumped in the cave and uh, you know the group learns that uh, Ebina, who's the leader of the last Yakuza clan, um, actually hates the Yakuza and, and is sending them all to this, like, uh, to be enslaved essentially on this island, and and doing it because he's he's got this hatred out for the for the Yakuza because of is his what happened in his history. I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very complicated in there too. And, uh, yeah, and then, so Kiryu ends up going back to Japan to kind of deal with the problem there. And then Kasuga stays in Hawaii and to deal with the problem there. And then they all, it all kind of meets in this big finale, um, at the end in Japan. But how, I guess, you know, what would you say? Like, what did you feel of the story? Like, did you, did it, uh, did it make sense to you? Did you feel mm-hmm. like you, you enjoyed it, uh, to a certain extent anyway?
1: Yeah, there are parts of it I really liked. Uh I liked when they were pursuing Akane and and trying to rescue Lane uh Lani. And I think that those were kind of the stronger story beats when that was when that was their ultimate goal. And then, you know, kind of keeping them safe and and you know making sure they didn't get kidnapped again or whatever. I thought that, that having that having Casca kind of working towards that goal, I thought that delivered the most compelling story beats and and even the most compelling villain moments as well. I think after they've done that and you're kind of thinking, okay, now we need to bring down Bryce, the leader of Palakana uh, and Ebina, who is, who is kind of leading, I guess, bleach Japan slash trying to wipe out the Yakuza. I, I don't know. Like he has so many kind of different goals, it seems. Um, and yeah. then he, even he distances himself from Bryce as well. So I, what I find is that the, the ending and the fi- maybe the final third or quarter of the game gets a little bit convoluted and it just less compelling from a story standpoint. Uh, the gameplay kind of carries it through uh, the, the whole 40 plus hour experience for sure the gameplay still ends up being fun the cinematics of it all I think are I think are great um it, it like you said it does feel like a game you can you do have moments where you're watching it as much as you are playing it and I, I think they're good they they've, they've they've found studio rgg has found a, a great balance I've said this before but with these uh like a dragon games they found a better balance of kind of cutscenes and interaction and reading uh, and dialogue and all that stuff like it's just it just works it works a lot better altogether now mm-hmm. but yeah i i found the 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 kind of the ending story beats a little bit unsatisfying considering what had come before i think i think one of my absolute favorite story moments in the entire game and it had me emotional was when kasuga is on the beach with akane and they're kind of just talking for the first time and he gives her um the uh, necklace with the ash, uh, his, his father's ashes in it, uh, who uh, Connie's husband, um, and she kind of breaks down. And I'm like, this is just perfect, like emotional. It's sad. It's all, it's bittersweet. Uh, it's really touching. And that was, that was probably the kind of the story or narrative high point for me was that moment in the game. I'm like, okay, like this is just uh, immaculate. Like, I can't believe how, how well they're nailing this. And from that, and then kind of after that point, which was kind of like okay, you've rescued the person you were trying to rescue, and then now it's going to be like kind of seeking out vengeance uh, and, and and getting Lonnie back and stuff like that. I think from there it kind of started to dip down a little bit more for me. So yeah, I, I guess I don't think it ended as strongly as some of the middle parts were.
0: Yeah, like for me, it seemed like they were kind of bouncing around a little bit because. The game starts off with Kasuga and uh, like you would assume that he was the main hero just based on the fact that <laughs> the last game was about him. And and the, this game starts off with him and the and the main like the, the, the plot, basically the plot's moving along based on his finding his mother, like you said, for the majority of the game. But then I feel like there's this pivot somewhere around, I would almost say like chapter eight ish or like when Kiryu was back to Japan it feels like everything kind of switches. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's like building up to this, like, you know, Casica versus Bryce, like, you know, Casica is taking on the, the, because they make Bryce seem like this very mythical villain, like this untouchable, like, uh, you know, worldwide evil mega villain or whatever. And then, and then he's not even the final boss in the game, which was, which was weird to me. I almost feel like, the the order of the final chapter was reversed like re- i almost feel like curious curious Kiryu should have fought Ebina first and then the game ended with yeah, Yek- yeah it has to go with bryce because it just seemed like that was the build-up of like Polycana was this uh, this uh, massive organization with reach everywhere and and there's even points in the chapter chapters where like you're running through the streets and there's like hundreds of people hundreds of enemies just like trying to kill you in the street like and you're just running for your life like I think it was at least twice where you're just basically running down the street, trying to avoid as much as you could. Mm -hmm. So it was really building up this, this organization to be this, this huge, you know, problem to overcome. And then, but then it's like, no, actually the real problem was the Yakuza in Japan. and, And that didn't feel built up enough.
1: Even, even Chitose, even Chitose gets her, kind of uh retribution or um uh not not retribution but she gets her like her moment i guess to kind of confess and and layer layer cards on the table and kind of repent or repentance sort of thing yeah in, in the in the ichiban ending with with bryce right like that happens already and then to go to switch back to japan and curious storyline uh and ebina it just felt like yeah a little bit of, of kind of letdown And I, I agree with you i think they probably sh- maybe they should have reversed those two there's also no like explanation of what happens to all that nuclear waste that's in the <laughs> yeah. game it's, like, it's just kind of like oh one month later yeah. like, what happened to it like there's no yeah. mention of it at all and you think like this and all the government stuff like these are big deals that just don't get resolved at all and maybe that's a, a future game or something but it was a surprise to yeah. not see that kind of uh, get resolved either Well, it
0: seems like most of the resolutions just kind of happen off screen after the credits, where they're where it's like they kind of talk about what happens, but they don't. There's no real, uh, uh, like I don't know, like the the payoff isn't quite there.
1: No, I don't think so.
0: And then the with the final boss being Ebana, like I don't even really think Ebana was built up enough as as a villain. Like when even when you go back to Japan, like to me, I was actually I ended up having more fun with the Kiryu group in Japan than I was with, with Kasuga. But at the hmm. same time, the, the, the things that were being driven in Kiryu's line of story it didn't, it was more focused on past Yakuza games than it really was in yes, the moment. Yes, totally. Yeah. Cause you're just kind of running around like part, you know, with, with Kiryu, the whole point of like his, his alone time with, in Japan was, he was basically like re-becoming the dragon of Dojima. Like, going through his moments like the 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 one the whole story campaign is like date bringing all these people back from his past for him to meet and kind of resolve like they're really building it up that kiryu
1: was gonna end up dead at the end right and so they, they're, they're kinda... like oh trying to give him a reason to live and so you're you're yeah. i think you get invested in that you can get invested in like his journey back to his past self and kind of realizing like the value of his life and that he shouldn't just throw it away. I think, I think they, that back half does a good job of establishing why he needs to try to keep living. And I I think I I agree with you. His, his moments back in Japan, All the it's total like fan service to the series, and a lot of like, oh, if you played, yeah, because of three, four, and five, you'll remember these people. Like, and if you (laughs) haven't, you don't. And so it's very much like I'm rewarding the the long term fans of, okay, this is this is probably the last time you're going to see Kiryu, but then maybe not because of the ending of the game. Like, I don't know. (laughs) Like, what what are we doing here? Like, they left a very open ended that like, oh, well, Kiryu will probably be back yeah yeah i mean he looked pretty haggard right so maybe his fighting days are probably over right like i, I think yeah. they and he's in the wheelchair and everything like that so maybe he's not going to fight anymore but the fact that they don't actually kill him off means like he, you know the, the classic trope of if you don't see someone dead they're they're not dead they're probably going to come back right so yeah. I, I could very well see him being like a mentor or some kind of figure uh in, in a future a uh, game with casca yeah.
0: Well, it's funny. So the the way I thought it was going to end was was that I like I figured they would resolve the ebina thing in Japan and then join up with Kasaga in Hawaii to take on the real problem of the Yeah. And then and then it just seemed too obvious that there was gonna be something like so they would go to an LA Island and there's like this nuclear waste around and then Kiryu would do something that puts him in because he's our he's only got a few months to live from what mm-hmm, they were mm-hmm. telling us or what he's saying. So it makes sense that there's like some kind of nuclear thing that happened, like some nuclear waste opens and it's like, oh, well, I'll be the one, you know, that, that sticks around to, to uh, you know, keep keep people safe or something like, oh, like, the, you know, the barrels are going to fall unless somebody stays around and pushes a button or something or, or you know, Kasuga is going to get hit with radioactivity or something. Kiryu jumps in the way. Like, it just felt like that was where it was leading to. But then th- they never actually meet back up like, I think they split up around chapter eight and they never really do. Like there's a moment where they're in the story where they, they're back in Japan together and they're talking, but then you, the the, the parties never realign. Like, you never get like, they're always split from, from the midpoint of the game on. So, so you, you know, you have this great first half of the game where Kiryu and Kasega are together and it's, it's terrific. But then, you know, there's four or five members on one team, five members of the other, and they never interact again.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. I think I think Kasuga's storyline after the split suffers for them being separated but yeah. for whatever for a couple of reasons I think Kiryu's storyline doesn't suffer as much for the he making he maybe his storyline continuing on is just a little bit more compelling whereas like Kasuga I, I don't think you, you see the same kind of character growth in him like he, he for most for a lot of the game he's the same kind of Happy go lucky, <laughs> plucky, lovable loser type, you know, and, yeah. and even even into the ending kind of scenes. Um, but Kiryu, like, I think you really do see in him like the, these changes, right? Like he goes from being like kind of resolved to his fate to like, hey, like I I I have something meaningful I can do here. Like he's he gets very emotional. Uh, even the scene with Ebina, that when you when you beat him finally, just kind of collapses on him, it's really powerful that that whole fight is excellent actually like yeah. i i regret that like i kind of leveled up so the first time i went to fight I Ebina, mean, i was way under level i had no chance i was like 40 45 46 level happiness I mean, 52 uh i come back i'm like 53 52 50 like that, that kind of range and i just wiped the floor of them it wasn't even close like i i didn't need all the healing i had i was doing like 2 to 3000 damage with, with Sunhees uh, in the first phase where he's weak to blade attacks and Sunhees is uh, an assassin for me. Uh, my back strikes are doing yeah 2500 damage. I, I'm using the the pound mates, uh, carry was doing a ton of damage and it wasn't even close. But it's still a really good fight. It's still very compelling. Like he's a very dangerous foe. You have to be prepared for him. Uh, I could see people you know using all of the items that they've accumulated to get to that point. And it, it's a kind of classic yeah because the thing of Climbing up the stairs of a of a tall tower, and then having a the fight, <laughs> yeah. kind of on, on the on the penthouse or on the roof or something like that, right? Is the helicopter shooting shooting out the windows and everything? Again, very good action cinema, right? Like it, it's, it's just as much you're watching it uh, and kind of taking it in that way as you are playing it, and it's, mm-hmm. it's a good fight. And I, I love kind of the, the the speeches from Ebina and Kiryu. But what what did feel like maybe missing out a little bit was like you're supposed to have something with Casica because you're kind of brother separate half brother separated at birth what why aren't you playing into that that seems like yeah. the easy win narrative wise is to have those two guys face off but then it doesn't happen <laughs> yeah. and it's like okay and then never why? addressed never no, addressed exactly. I, it's not it's not addressed after that point at all it's weird no yeah it, well again, and it's it, funny
0: because Ebene even makes he, he has this big long speech about how Casica is like one one side of the coin, and he's the other. Like so, so Ebina's sitting there making all the distinctions between like him and Casica, but then they, yeah. they, as far as we know, they never meet after. That's like,
1: right. That's right. You know, it's, and, it's, and and it yeah. would make sense for Casica to meet him because you you look at like the kind of guy that he is, like the one who wants to rehabilitate and he wants to you know bring people back from the brink. He he's the perfect character to meet with Ebina at the end and kind of like talk him down from like his hatred of the Yakuza and like, Hey, like let's, we're brothers, let's work together on this, all that kind of stuff. And it just doesn't cashed in. And it is an, an odd omission. I think to have yeah. Kiryu be the one like, you know, don't, don't like kind of telling Ebina, like, you know, don't give up, don't keep moving forward. Don't, don't just hate everybody. Like you can, you can, you can come back from this. You can, you can get better than this. And, yeah, it's. He had,
0: he had that wrong moment. He had that moment with the wrong person. Like the whole. Yes, exactly. The yeah. whole I Chan thing at the end, where uh, it's like, I don't know. Like, I didn't feel like the relationship like was built up enough to warrant that kind of moment in the end, where it's like. No. Like it makes sense for Kasuga to have that but this like that guy like he he was like he was
1: in the game for a little bit but it was he, a really it was a really long scene so we're describing yeah. part of the ending cutscenes where uh Kasuga goes to find Achan who had kind of uh he'd met and kind of befriended in the first part of the game and then you know he kind of turns on you and he ends up being one of the villains and then Kasuga kind of comes to find him and takes him to the police station so he can turn himself in. It's supposed to be this big emotional thing and it, it felt like too much casica casica being too much himself you know like yeah oh so you're really willing to forgive everybody huh like no matter what they do to you and like a was willing to like kill lonnie and like do all these bad things and you're just like oh i guess i'll overlook that he can redeem himself. like <laughs> yeah. that everyone is redeemable it's a it's becoming a little bit like it was a, to a fault like it was yeah like, it is it's like you know like yeah. um Satire of of, of uh, yeah of Casca, you know, like it's, it's yeah. just taking it too far. I think. Yeah.
0: No, I I agree. Yeah. Well, while we're talking about characters, I did want to so we'll just briefly get into our favorites. Now it's funny because my favorite character in the entire game—I don't even know where she came from. <laughs> I'm I, I'm assuming she was in the in like in like a dragon, like the seventh one, but I have no clue. I all all I really saw was that she was like uh the leader of the goma jewel and she was like a f- like a f- fan of kiryu like that that's the context of of Sion he but but like in every sense she like between like her attitude uh her presence her like her fighting skills or like mm. she was easily really, my, really my most powerful m- fighter in the entire game like the, the, the wicked web uh, move where oh, I always forget what the, what the weapons called, um, Sanai or something like it. It's basically like uh scorpions weapon from mortal combat. Like oh, the, sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. The, like the little dagger on a string or whatever. So it's like these, these, uh, I guess, I guess they're the, the masks are kind of uh, like anonymous, like the, the Guy Fox style mm-hmm. where these, these characters run around a circle and they throw all these, you know scorpion rope thingies at, at the at the enemies and then once they've like been embedded into the flesh of all the characters they they all then like shoot electricity through all the all yeah, it's, the, it's, the ropes or whatever. it's yeah, just that's... ridiculous like it, it it's it typically would attack well it pretty much takes out everybody like hurts everyone on the screen like it's the the field of attack is massive
1: yeah it's good
0: but it, she like yeah so yeah you have to tell me like was she a character in the previous game oh yeah or... i, I yeah. don't
1: i don't remember her being playable but she's a major character because yeah, you because know, they the previous game has this, these kind of three factions that are all kind of uh fighting against fighting against one another uh and so she's leading the gomi jewel i think and so um i don't i don't remember exactly what she's doing but she she does kind of she does befriend you and kind of be, become a friend of the group before the end of that game and so She's that uh, kind of a funeral scene uh, with, with all the characters at the end, kind of lending her her condolences and her support. And so, yeah, she's I, I don't remember like how major a character, but being the leader of one of the factions and the three factions being like a major part of the story of uh, the first like a dragon. Yeah, she, she's a pretty big piece. So her her cutting coming back in this game makes a lot of sense. It's not it's not like a surprise or something like that. She was she was already kind of a friend of the a friend of the team.
0: Okay. And then my, uh, my number two, and number three, I'm pretty sure are like brand new characters. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they're, they're based in Hawaii. So Chichose. Um, so the, the first time you meet Chitose, she, she uh, drugs Casica uh, and then leaves him naked on the beach, which is like that famous uh, scene from the trailer of, of him walking naked on the beach and not realizing yeah. it. Uh, so that's hilarious. Uh, also, again, as a fighter, she's, one of the most useful in the game because most of the time, like most of her attacks, uh, again, take out a lot of people on screen. <laughs> like, you know, there's uh, we'll get into the classes in a bit, but like, uh, it started off where I was using like I switched her to the housekeeper one, and and so she had this like broom attack that took, took, would attack everyone in, in this large area. And then I ended up switching to the tennis star, so she had like an electrical attack that would just. Mm. Uh, blow through like this line of people. And yeah, like, uh, so she she was very useful uh, uh, to me. And then uh, Tomazawa, who uh, initially uh, was got on my nerves at like when when he was first there, like he's initially a bad guy that that tries to, uh, to rob Casica uh, when he first gets to Hawaii. And then uh, you know, Cas Koss- Casica kind of uh re- rehabilitates him, I guess. You know, gives him an out to 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 leave the the gang that he's in, mm-hmm. and becomes a strong ally. But I felt like uh, Tom is out. Tommy Zawas was like he had a great backs. Like he had a great backstory of why he was doing what he was doing as a mm-hmm. gang member. Like kind of hitting rock bottom and then the the and i felt like he had the probably the most growth throughout the game uh to the point where he was like now i'm gonna go volunteer in a soup kitchen at the end now that yeah the, you know, it, it, it was like, good
1: his his drink links where you kind of you're at the bar kind of chilling with your friends and you do like the little one-on-one to kind of narrative things uh his was really good where like yeah. you kind of learn about um his his partner and or, uh, her being pregnant and then uh, I guess losing the baby because of, because of the trauma that she went through kind of related to him. Right. It, it is a, it does and then kind he, of he tell was a good game.
0: guy when at first, and he was yeah. framed for a, a crime that he didn't commit. So, and That's it just right.
1: led him down the wrong path. You know? Yeah. So he, he has, I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think from like kind of the beginning of the game to the end, like I, I, I did a 180 on him as well. Like I didn't like him initially. And it, it's probably in a setup like that, him, him being a villain, but then joining your team afterwards. Right. And, Uh, he does kind of ingratiate himself to all all the members of the team and yeah i I did end up liking him a lot more yeah he had a lot of fun interactions (laughs) with Chitose and casica too like troops and stuff yeah 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 or they or they would they would tease him or he'd say something dumb and chatose would call him out yeah it (laughs) it was good it was good like i i I like the the characters like i i I like i still like the i like the original cast but this one had they had good banter and i think you know the developers have a good way of Kind of making it feel like all the characters kind of like each other and get to know each other yeah. over the story. For me, like it, it's hard for me to to not pick Ichiban as my number one. Like I, I again, even if the ending was a little bit too much, Ichiban. Kasuga, I think that just throughout the throughout the game, like anytime he I see him in a cutscene or a story, like I, I I'm kind of glued to it. I want to see what's happening with him. And I, I, his voice actor in English was really good, too. Like, I think that that uh, I can't remember the fellow's name, but I think he's really kind of come into his own with this character and I hope he keeps voicing him. Mm-hmm. I uh, again, my feelings about it, I, I, I've made them clear from the first game. I think he just he's <laughs> he's doing so much of that. He's where he's this this guy. He has a presence whenever he's on the screen, like he's whether he's being silly or dumb or heartfelt or whatever, like. He's kind of overacting so much that it's hard not to just love him, right? He's he's got just such this presence on the screen, and it just kind of demands your attention. Uh, I, I put so I put San, He as my number my number two. Yeah, probably primarily because how pow- darn powerful she was in my party. <laughs> yeah. Like, she was so strong. I kept her as the the same class that she starts off with. I think it's called Assassin. Um, and her moves are really strong. Uh, I, I had, like, some re- just really good equipment for her that I'd buffed up. And she was just doing a ton of damage. When, whether that was, like, making enemies bleed or, or stunning them and doing fire damage to those weak to fire. Like, yeah, just super powerful. <laughs> I, I I liked her kind of drink link side story as well. Um, Where she's kind of like, not not so super sure of herself as the leader of the Gomi Jewel. Like she's still kind of struggling with that, even though she had been the leader, uh, or at least the representative in the first like a Dragon Game. Her continuing that now and seeing like the new struggles that she's going with, kind of like with her subordinates or people that are underneath her, still you know not respecting her for being a woman or being so young. Her kind of coming to terms with that and dealing with that uh, was pretty compelling too i i would make an
0: argument that it would be difficult to play her secondary class in the
1: presence of other people oh which which one is it (laughs) is it the (laughs) like the dominatrix one yes yeah (laughs) initially (laughs) what what they call it in the game it's not that
0: and like like, yeah like so the kids were like running through the room and i'm and i'm looking at the costume like "Mm, probably not gonna uh... pick that one right now (laughs) yeah maybe i'll just leave that for now and come yeah, back and yeah I, I never did because like you said the assassin class for her was
1: so overpowered that there it was, was like, no need to change there's no point yeah. to change like it's no, just no. like
0: she's just wrecking everybody here like yeah, it's crazy
1: yeah. if she i mean if she wasn't so strong and I, and I did experiment with some of the other characters but with her i I just left it because it was so good um the third character i wanted to shout out one of the villains i think he might be the my favorite villain in the game and that's yamai yamai is I guess a former slash kind of current yakuza in Hawaii, who's operating on a much smaller scale than any of the other groups in uh, in the game or in in the world. I guess uh, he he has his own kind of crew, and he has like a sec uh, kind of a segment of town that kind of belongs to him. Like this big kind of it's an old it's an old uh, uh, cinema or a movie theater, right? And, and then it has a number of floors up top. But he he goes through a kind of a cool arc as well, where he he ends up kind of befriending you begrudgingly and then, but then supporting you and protecting Kane and protecting Lonnie. And I feel like he has some of the same kind of objectives of, as you do by the end of the game. Uh, But his kind of perspective shifts, right? He's one of those people who's chasing Lonnie, Lonnie and Akane. He wants to kind of capture them because he thinks there's some kind of prize involved with that. And and he's kind of trying to level up his station. Right. And and I guess bring, uh, bring, bring the rest of his, uh, his crew along with him. Um, But yeah, about, maybe a third or two to uh, about 40% of the way through the game. Like he kind of, he kind of supports you and protects you. And, and this is, this is after like a number of battles with him, right? You kind of <laughs> yeah. fight him three or four times. He sets, he sets fire to like a forest area to kind of entrap you. Uh, and, and he captures Kyria and you got to rescue him. Like he, he's kind of omnipresent throughout the game. But then at the end, like, I guess he gets his payoff, which is, uh, he goes to see, the it's not it's not a it's a it's a wife of a former yakuza or something like that that he so his backstory was
0: like 30 years previously he was he was in a a yakuza group there was i can't remember which family it it was but he was he was he was in there but he's pretty young and so the wife of the the clan leader she was in love with this other guy, like this, this, this other person. So she, and but she knew that Yamai was in love with her. So right, she convinced, yes. so she convinces Yamai to kill the clan leader um, in order. Uh, so the, the patricide, I guess they call it the yeah. Um So he kills the, this guy thinking that she wants to be with him. And then he, that's when he realizes it was all a ruse. So, so he's hiding in Hawaii the, all these decades because there's a murder charge for him in Japan. Yeah, so right. He, right. He can't go back. So, so when he ends up going back with, uh, Kasuga, he he goes to the hotel to see her, and I think it he has vengeance in the mind. But when he gets there, like she's in she's in the hospital. Hospital. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. She's um, suffering from Alzheimer's, so she doesn't even recognize him, and and um, he kind of pities her and and kind of you know. Let's it go. I guess would be the, mm-hmm. uh, the you know kind of made peace with with how his life turned out. I guess. I mean, way. even that
1: was bittersweet. You know, the the there him kind of I guess is having that uh, recollection or that uh, getting together with his past again, or kind of trying to f- resolve his past as well. Like I. I just I just I thought he was kind of cool. He always had his jacket on because he had the cold blood and he explains like where this cold blooded thing came from, uh, I guess, from his past as well, like why he's always feeling cold. He gives her the jacket at the end. It's really touching, actually, for yeah. for this character as a villain. I don't think he ever gets taken away by the police. Doesn't he just leave? <laughs> does he just like or do they I do think they actually... it's implied that he does go back to Dante. Oh, OK, OK, yeah. gotcha. Yeah, because Cause, yeah. Cause he sets up the whole trip back to Japan, right, and getting the the plane to bring them all back he's the one who kind of sells yeah. himself to get that to happen right that fight is awesome yeah that fight really on good. the
0: boat with the shark that's bite like
1: biting people off like taking people yeah, off the it boat it's crazy <laughs> oh
0: my god that was an amazing battle
1: yeah there's there's a ton of good battles really good set pieces but yeah i really liked Yami. i thought of all the villains in the game i thought he kind of earned the I guess respect or earned the admiration the most like, uh, yeah. over Ebina, over, over, over Bryce for sure. Uh, yeah, I, I just, every time he kind of showed up again, I'm like, Oh, here we go again. I thought, you know, <laughs> I thought we just beat this guy. Why is he back here again? But you, yeah. you kind of see like how he, he's really kind of just de- dedicated, right? He like he's some pretty, pretty crazy moves. Oh yeah, well that one time where he joins your team in the street and you're fighting against, I guess his, <laughs> his former henchman, guy's right? apart. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's, yeah. He was really strong with. He had like a, a monkey wrench or an axler or a, a oh, jack uh, crowbar. Or is, crowbar. Yeah. crowbar yeah. 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 He was good. Yep.
0: Yeah. So I guess uh, you know we we sh- Oh, man forty minutes in uh, we should probably get into um, my, my favorite uh, aspect of this game was the combat. Sure. Now, uh, someone was talking, I was talking to, uh, I was talking to Rich and I was telling them that to me, this combat system is aped from trails mm. because it, yeah. See- yeah. it feels so much like trails, like a trails game, like probably cold steel, I would say, uh, more than the earlier stuff. And just because like, basically it's, it's this mix of turn-based combat, but there's a heavy amount of st- strategy to it because, the the characters you know while you're it's your turn there's a a large area of movement that that you can walk around you like attacks can chain uh, you have like your your kind of cp attacks uh you know where where you're using the like a a finite amount of i don't remember what they call it in the, I don't think it's mp but it's it's uh, there's you know, you have a meter of how much Yeah, the MP use.
1: surrogate for this game, whatever. Yeah. Called.
0: And then you have your your like super attacks uh that I um, meant get unlocked during the end of the game. And the sheer amount of job classes in this game is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't even I probably didn't I probably played maybe half of the job classes because it was just it was there was so much. And then the fact that you could uh level up one job class and then you can move to the other job class but if there was if there was moves that you liked in the previous job class you can actually take them with you to the yeah, new you job bring it class. forward yeah yeah so i had like these crazy mixes of different characters and and some of them were just like insane like you know you could be a a, a linebacker and you're fully decked out in like nfl gear and the, so the, for me the the ones I experimented the most were in Hawaii. So I ended up turning Kastika into like this kind of, I, I ended up maining the samurai job class. and But then I kept some of the hero moves. Like the there was like the gigas the Giga Swipe that takes mm. out like this huge area of people. He also had uh, the Hero's Blessing, I think it was, for like yeah, the group uh, healing. So I kept those. For a long time, I had Tomozawa as a flame dancer. Yeah, me too. Because I I liked the uh, the blinding smoke that he had. And he also had a healing thing, uh, like a regen healing. Yes. Move. Yeah. I
1: used that same one. It was really yeah. good.
0: So so I so when I ended up moving to Desperado, <laughs> because there was some really incredible moves over there. So I switched him to Desperado, which is basically a cowboy. And uh and I kept I just moved those moves over with them, which looked even hilarious because when he did the moves he still pulled a mask out of like from behind like, out oh, of his that's pocket awesome. to put on. Yeah, yeah. Um so but uh there there was one move a uh, wild swing where he would take a, a lasso and he would wrap it around a uh a, a enemy and then spin the enemy on the screen, knocking every other enemy on the screen mm. over. And and he had like funny um it was like i don't know i think he said like giddy up partner or something when he did it like it was just uh, hilarious
1: to me i i that move sounds like the um spider move i was using in the man who erased his name right i remember i remember telling you about that uh, on that episode when we talked about that where kiri would send out these wires and spin everybody around just just so so satisfying to be spinning one or multiple enemies into the other ones and doing a ton of damage
0: yeah and then uh One that ended up being very useful to me later on is I had so I had Chitose as I was actually using the heiress for a while, like her, her default. Yeah, me too. And then I switched to tennis star uh, because I liked the she had like different electrical and fire attacks. But then later on, I kind of accidentally fell into idle and then realized just how useful it was for group healing and group Mm. like buffing and stuff. Because the buffs ended up being much more useful in this game than I've ever experienced in other games. Like usually, I, I kind of ignore buffs for the most part, but I u- used a bunch of them in this game, and they got me through some tough battles. Uh, per- so that was pretty fun. Like it's just like the amount of classes in this are crazy. Like mm-hmm. just run through a bunch. Uh, you know, detective, hero, flame dancer, linebacker, desperado, uh, assassin, idol. Host, uh, oh man, I'm missing. I'm Junki. Sure
1: Junki's default was Hitman, and he's got a really good move. His one of his final moves is like a he just grabs like a couple of pistols and he just shoots everybody in a, in a kind of wide fan and hits everybody. And it, it, it's super yeah. strong as well. Some of their when they hit like thirty, which they all get like a a class kind of super move, and th- those are all super powerful. And they yeah. generally all hit uh, multiple foes too. The chef, uh, which looks hilarious,
0: like. Sujimon mon master yeah. uh, which i didn't even unlock because no, i, didn't, no, I didn't, didn't even bother with with the tsuji stuff. such a
1: funny name though yeah
0: man yeah just this uh, insane amount like uh oh a homeless guy was the yeah, class yeah like,
1: nanba's default is homeless yeah <laughs> I, oh I, action I, I can't. star there's like a bruce yeah, lee yeah, that, that's who my ichiban was the action star he looks like oh, Bruce yeah. Lee. yeah it's mm-hmm. great and they all had different like you know the the
0: depending on the class like the you'd have different levels of like hp mp speed willpower like it was all different so,
1: so yeah so you can totally customize like what kind of uh, team you want to have them and then bringing the abilities over like it's 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 like a like a final fantasy tactics kind of thing you know where you're allowed yeah. to maintain some abilities from a different class or something the the, the job system is really good here like it, it's accessible It's varied, like it's I I didn't use it as much as you did, David, but I certainly respected it and appreciated it. And uh, when I needed to vary up my team to take down uh, Evan at the end, I switching psycho to an idol. was was really it was I didn't need it as much, but it was super helpful to just have her group healing. It it, it hits everybody on the screen pretty much. Um, And yeah, like I said, her ability to to debuff or debuff uh really really useful so getting her from like 0 to 30 as the idol that was a a very helpful thing to have at the end of the game if anyone is nearing the end of the game and maybe struggling with healing uh, add an idol class to uh to your party you'll probably be fine oh yeah i want to talk a little bit about the combat and you you mentioned comparing it to um some of the trails games and i i think it goes even further just in the in, in the way that it uses movement within a turn-based system. I've, I've never seen anything this uh, elegant, I guess. Yeah. Uh, the fact that you really have to think about the angle, where your party is located, where the enemy is located, and people are constantly moving around. So there is there's there is a strong timing sense to it. If you start off the battle and you wait like 5 or 10 seconds, you're, you're, maybe your move will not hit nearly as many foes as it, it would have if you just right out of the gate Go and choose Sun He's like that, that, uh, that can I move where she's throwing out and electrocuting everybody or or Jungi is going to spray and pray with his pistols. If you do that right away, you're going to hit everybody because all the enemies are grouped at the beginning of a fight. But as yeah. the fight goes on, the enemies spread out, whether that's just of their own accord or where they where they're kind of attacking your uh, your your team. Or even where or you you're hit knocking them. them around, you, <laughs> knock them around or you hit <laughs> yeah. them into the wall, or you hit them into something, you might yeah. hit them into one of your teammates, and they'll do a kick, and they'll hit them as well. Like there's a lot of, there's a ton of follow up, actually, there's a ton of follow up between you, your action, and then what your party members do afterwards. That's all yeah. kind of like automatic, but you can improve it if you improve their relationships and stuff like that. Like you can get these just kind of really long. Extended sequences where you you attack with two people, like you 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 get close to them, you do a party attack, and then while the enemy's on the ground, one of your teammates is gonna run up and smack them as well and maybe <laughs> yeah. do like a status effect or something while they're on the ground. I, I don't know if they're I felt like I got more status effects in those follow-ups than I did with my regular attacks, but I don't know if they're more susceptible or something like that. But well, I, I think, had I think, one. Yeah. yeah. I had one
0: just like that where so the I was like getting low on health. So I'm like, oh man, I got to really get rid of these people quick because uh, if I get hit again, I'm going to die. So I, yeah, like I said, you said, uh, if, if you're standing near one of your characters, they'll both like one will kind of like take out their legs that, and which kind of flips them up in the air. And the second yeah, one, one goes will, like, up, one goes him. down. <laughs> yeah, so, so I did that. But then that knocked it into that one of my third party members. So as he's flying through the air towards that, that person knocked him down. And then the fourth party member then slash them while they're on the ground yeah, it's so and good. that finished them off. And it's like, you can get four hits in if you just take like a second or two to, to, make sure like you said that the angle of where the body is going to fly yeah uh you know goes into an area that that's useful like whether it's like you said into other member other bad guys or into your party or whatever
1: like it's- and, thi- and things won't always line up that way right you have to get yeah. a little bit lucky you have to look for those opportunities for that extra damage to happen and you really want to get everyone involved because as you hit enemies your mp goes up right every time you hit an enemy with a character and even if it's these double triple quadruple attacks they're all getting mp back so you can you can be pretty liberal with your use of spells and, and special attacks if you know that you can kind of in future turns you can set up those combo moves to get everyone their MP points back or CP points or whatever it is like it's it's really smart I I'm I think this is one of my favorite systems now it might it might even surpass like the trail systems and and even Octopath and bravely default like those games and uh, I, I I can't believe how well they made it feel dynamic with everything moving around all the moving pieces it still has a turn-based element to it as well and and you're just you're thinking about the radius and everything the one thing i'll tell you don't love and maybe i just missed something you can't always tell from the radius who is going to be affected like yes, they might be on the edge of the radius. It's, it's kind of yeah. it's a little bit. It's a little bit kind of. There's a vagueness to it. I'm, but yeah. I feel
0: like it's. I feel like that's purpose. Like probably, I, probably because I, I think they're like we don't want to make it too easy, so we're just going to make it seem. Well, and the other thing too is like they could be right on the edge, but when you hit, actually hit the button, they may they may take a step back. Yes, yes, at, they're, they're as constantly the moving button. around. I, I yeah. think that
1: I think that's what it is. There, there's too much movement for them to specify. So you just hope like the enemies stay stay in this spot where they were when you cast a spell, or you hope that your teammates kind of stay where they were when you cast a healing spell, or something like that. I guess, but yeah, uh, it's it's a phenomenal, phenomenal combat system, and I think it's it's probably the start of the game.
0: Well, even the enemies like there's a huge library of enemies that are there's tons. Like, there's yeah. so many different enemies, like just even getting into the normal ones, but then the bosses are are crazy, like one of the wildest bosses near the end of the game is this freaking squid
1: giant (laughs) squid yeah there's
0: not there was nothing like it at all in the game where it's like so there's like the main squid is in the is in the middle and then the squid has like two tentacles that that are far enough apart where uh group attacks don't work like because the radius isn't big enough so you really can't do like you can't just cheese group attacks you have to really focus on each one but then the, you know one tentacle will grab the character and then eat the character so you're inside the squid stomach and the only way to get out is to to destroy these ink sacs inside the
1: stomach. that's right yeah
0: and and in the meantime you're dying from the acid so there's like basically like a countdown of when you'll die if you don't get yourself out of it and then but then when you do defeat the tentacles they'll they'll regenerate and uh like it's just wild like that and then mm-hmm. you know and then there's all these like boss gauntlet fights uh where you're attacking where you think like oh okay well you know maybe i'll spend all my my mp to get through this fight just to realize oh wait there's one more way there's another one right now yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah.
1: again that that's another yakuza uh, yakuza staple is like consecutive fights where you can't you can't spend everything in that first fight you have to be a little bit more. Like okay, sometimes you can see it. You can see like the wave of enemies behind, and you know there's going to be another off. one. Right, yeah, they're kind of standing, be standing off to the side, and they do a little yeah. cutscene before they come in. So I, I think just something you have to be prepared for in these games is that it won't just be one fight heal, one fight heal. It's like you might do two or three in a row, and so you have to kind of just pace yourself a little bit with that with the first few fights, or just make sure by the time you wrap up that last enemy, you've you've maybe healed a little bit before you uh, before you end up finishing them off, going to the next one. And and just the sheer amount of like
0: one of the things with Kiryu is is when you're like, I was going around Japan, setting up all of his like memories and stuff. But then I was also going into the restaurants because depending on the combination of things you eat, you can get these buffs that are right. Yeah, that will like last through fights and stuff. Uh, So there's like plenty of times where it's like, okay, I know there's a big fight coming, so I'm going to go and order everything on the menu at this fancy restaurant <laughs> because it's going to like triple my attack. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, but then sometimes like you'll do that, but then, uh, if you go to
1: the the restaurant, if it sells alcohol, it'll make you drunk. Yeah. You but, don't want to be drunk. Yeah, <laughs> It's funny that you have to you have to balance that out, right? You can't yeah. just like, Oh, I am going to order. Uh, I go to a bar and it's mostly out five of the drinks are alcoholic. <laughs> yeah. like, I'm like, Oh, I probably should. If I order all these, I'm going to be in big trouble if I have a big fight after this. Yeah. But you can uh, you, there to- are items you can take to reduce the alcohol, which is funny too. Like you can have yeah. a coffee, and it will reduce your your alcohol buildup, right? Yeah.
0: But if you're too drunk, at the the characters will either
1: not fight or they'll just fight
0: uh, randomly or whatever. That's like, right. That's right.
1: Yeah. Even even uh, one of Nanba's healing abilities, you get you get partially drunk from it, <laughs> yeah. right? So it's, yeah, you want to <laughs> yeah. heal yourself, but then it also br- builds up your drunk meter, so you can't, you can't do that move too much. And so having having him as your only healer which I had for a portion of the game was, was probably foolish. I needed to get switched to an idol a little bit sooner.
0: Yeah. Yeah. This, this game, it just feels like one of these games that I think with time, like, I think it's going to be a series seller for, for like, or a series introduction. Like, uh, yeah, I hope so. Like with trails of cold steel three and four, I feel like there was like this huge, it felt like, now I don't know what the facts are numbers wise, but it felt like this audience played these games. Like they came to switch. It, it attracted this new audience, and now yeah. the now the audience for Trails in general has just ballooned mm-hmm. because all these people are like, "What is this franchise?" and and they're all kind of in there now. And I feel like this is another like you'll play this, and Persona is the same way. Like, how many people played Persona Five, and now all of a sudden, like they're going back and playing Four, and now we got Reload with Three. Like mm-hmm. they're they're riding this wave of all these new players, and this feels like one of those moments for this game, like if if people really start i think it's it's might have one of those tales where people are going to slowly discover it and realize like the everything that's going on with this game is like top tier rpg stuff mm-hmm, like this mm-hmm. like you said this might be one of the best uh combat mechanic game, turn-based it, it's great that these turn-based
1: games are coming out and just setting new heights of yeah. turn-based combat you know well they're having to be creative because they they recognize that straight turn base is not working for a majority of people and and that's fine like i think these hybrid models are really what's gonna kinda drive interest in these games is that okay, you're you're gonna retain the audience that wants turn-based classic style, but also people that want something more dynamic, more fluid, more movement-based. You're getting you're getting the best of both worlds here. You know, we see you know the Final Fantasy remake games doing this. Uh th- that's a little bit more action, a little bit less turn-based, but it's fine. It's it's still a hybrid and it still works really well. And now you see Studio RGG kind of experimenting here and building off of what they did in the first Like a Dragon game. And I think I think they yeah. ma- managed to exceed it in every way possible. I can't wait to see what they do with the next game. And obviously, we know that they're going to be doing more games, whether it's another Judgment game, whether the next game is a Kasuga-focused one, or maybe the, maybe with Kiryu kind of like fading to the background, maybe it's time for another, another new protagonist. Who knows? But yeah. uh, I, I think they've really earned their kind of spot on the video game developer map. And I think it's time that, you know, more people get into their their, their back catalog. A lot of those games are on Game Pass, right? All the older, yeah, because the games are on Game Pass. It, it's, it's, they're not yeah. the same as this, but they are still really good. And they do a lot of the things that this game does too with all the mini games and the exploration and stuff. Like, yeah, because the zero is an easy recommendation. We both played that. We did an episode on it. Yeah, uh, we loved it. And you well, see, I might go back and play uh, seven now because
0: yeah. like I didn't yeah, get should. through seven. And now I'm it. like, you know what? I, I need to go finish that because this was amazing.
1: I think you might even like the story of seven better than this. And I, I, I've I been kind of thinking about that myself. And I think I might like the story of seven better than I I, I hate to call it eight. But yeah, infinite wealth. Even, I'm thinking even about the title. What is the infinite wealth? Yeah, what, I, don't, what, I don't know. <laughs> like it's, it's never really it explained. Sense. Like it's no. It, it wasn't, There's it no wasn't like
0: there's no real money aspect. Like there's money no. in the game, but it, but
1: it's, it's always that's that's there's always been money in yakuza games. Like there's no. Yeah. I don't think I had more in this game necessarily than some of the other games. If anything, there are previous games where money seemed to be a bigger factor than in this one. Right. So yeah. it was a little bit weird for to have that title, I we need to unpack that a little bit further, maybe. But. <laughs> I mean, was that the pursuit I need to of Alucarna some Somebody,
0: <laughs> somebody, please, if they have any kind of access, to RGG, like find, just ask them why. Yeah. why what
1: would they... we need to know? What infinite wealth means? And there's a little bit in the kind of one of the story, one of the songs, uh, the a song in Japanese that plays over the uh, that, that the A-chan and and Kasuga scene where he's kind of carrying him on his back. That song does mention wealth, uh, or maybe even infinite wealth. Uh, so maybe it's related to that, but. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I might have missed, I might have missed something there, but <laughs> yeah, people, people cannot, you cannot sleep on this game. I know it is going to be a big year of releases. I know we've got rebirth, you know, basically staring us in the face right now, but this is one that if you, if you missed it for whatever reason, just, just go into it. I'd say try to play the first, like a dragon game before you do this, because you, you do get a lot of the character background for most of the party that's in this game. And I think that is, that is worthwhile, but at some point you have to get you have to be playing this game. This, it, it's a must play. It's a game well, of the this, year contender. For yeah, sure. I was going to
0: say this is going to be a game of the year contender. Like, mm-hmm. it, you know, I,
1: I can see like this
0: and rebirth. And uh, I don't know if uh Re or whatever it's called. There is going to be out this year. But like
1: it's in that echelon, upper. Echelon. Yeah, metaphor could definitely be there. Is metaphor being published by Sega? Uh, I think, well, it's an Atlas game, I assume. It's yeah, it must be right. yeah. yeah. I th- I couldn't remember if it was Atlas or just former uh it's former Persona guys or maybe, oh, right, maybe right, current right. Persona team but no, I wasn't sure. yeah,
0: it's it's former Persona but they're still Atlas.
1: Yeah, okay, got yeah. It. Hey, yeah, if it's Atlas then it's still Sega. Well, it's I just, I this even thing remember pushing this year then, right? I know, like, that's what I was thinking oh, man. Was like, this
0: year's huge like they had Reload so I'm I want to play Reload but I'm going to wait till after Rebirth. Yeah. And then yeah, they got this Infinite Wealth that's, and then they got yeah,
1: Metaphor coming out and then um Oh, what's that? The three Unicorn games Overlord. Re, three, games with three built into them. Re Fantasio, reload and rebirth. Yeah, <laughs> I laugh.
0: was laughing about that because I was I was telling somebody what my games were. And I, I laughed at that because I was like, oh, man, that's a lot of re games." Yeah, but, it's a lot of reason. Um, Yeah. And then Vanilla, where I'm pretty sure is an Atlas uh, release, too. So the that's, the... that's
1: crazy. I, I hope Unicorn Overlord is good. There's a demo I just downloaded. I haven't tried it yet, but I, I am excited to. The I'm game waiting looks for the good. It's five
0: de- demo, but
1: yeah, yeah well is it that game's only a couple weeks away too i think it's march 8th or something like that so.
0: yeah <laughs> oh my oh, god i'm gonna have to
1: wait for that because i'll i'm sure i'll still be playing rebirth for for a bit well look how long we were playing infinite wealth for basically a month right like yeah good a good three weeks and uh, and I rebirth mean, I, is probably longer <laughs> yeah yeah uh, it probably will the golden be. saucer uh, alone is gonna probably be huge I'll probably do more of the side content in Rebirth than I did in Infinite Wealth, and, th- th- and that's not yeah. an indictment of of the content of Infinite Wealth. I think that those minigames games are really really fun. I think I'm just a little bit more invested yeah. in the Final Fantasy universe, uh, you know, having you know been playing this game for years and years.
0: Well, and, and today we're recording. As of the recording, the the Metacritic
1: on Rebirth was ninety three. Oh my goodness, yeah, can't wait. And I think Infinite Wealth is still at a ninety. So yeah right it's right there right there they're both 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 excellent games yeah yeah uh that was fun i got we, we could we could talk about this we wanted to talk about more of the mini games too but we, we gotta we gotta get out of here yeah the mini games are, are are awesome uh and again i'm probably gonna go back to this game and, and if not you know get the full kind of gamer score for it if there's definitely a few i want to clean up but yeah infinite wealth infinitely fun yeah, Go check it out. You got to do that. Uh, hopefully David gets back to like a dragon. The first game and we <laughs> yeah. can, we can do another uh, follow-up episode on that too. Yep. But yeah, we'll, uh, we'll stop here. Thanks everybody for joining us for this spoiler cast of infinite wealth. If you made it all the way, uh, if you made it all the way through to the end, Uh, we appreciate you if you're coming to this episode later maybe having played the game uh, a little bit later than we did i hope you enjoyed it i hope you enjoyed the game Uh, let us know your thoughts you know you can email david at thethirstymage.com you can join our discord Uh, lots of good places to uh, get in touch with mage folks and uh, other listeners of the podcast Uh, we're on spotify you can leave us questions there leave us a a review or rating that would be appreciated I haven't plugged my book in a well, while, so I'll do that while I'm here before I go. Uh, I, I do have a book uh, out called A Game in the Life uh, about video games and my life kind of growing up with them and the uh, kind of lessons the, that I learned from them and what makes them timeless and kind of that inter, inter interwines or inter is interwoven with you know important moments for me. Uh, you can find that wherever books are sold pretty much, uh, ebook uh, and uh, paperback as well. Uh, But yeah, we'll be back soon. Uh, We're going to have an episode coming up with Rebirth, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, Impressions. We'll probably do the same kind of thing we did with Infinite Wealth, where we'll do an Impressions episode, uh, uh, less spoilery, and then a full spoiler cast, maybe end of March, beginning of April, sometime like that when Mm -hmm. we're we're fully through it. Uh, Casey will be playing that game as well, I believe. So I'm sure he'll be able to to join us uh, for some of those episodes too. But yeah, that'll do us for uh, this week. Thanks, everybody, for joining us and have a great week ahead. And bye for
0: now. Bye.